Earlier today, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo called a last-minute press conference. First, I've always started by telling New Yorkers the facts before my opinion. The governor had been under fire after a damaging report came out from the attorney general's office last week. It said Cuomo had sexually harassed 11 women. For days, he'd been defiant about the allegations, defending himself. And that's how he started the press conference. The report said I sexually harassed 11 women. That was the headline people heard and saw and reacted to. The reaction was outrage. It should have been. However, it was also false. But then his speech took an unexpected turn. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. How surprising was it that he resigned? It's stunning. I mean, you know, if anyone was going to try to fight these allegations, it was someone like Andrew Cuomo. He's a fighter. It came as a shock when he actually said, you know, I'm stepping aside. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, August 10th. Coming up on the show, what led to Cuomo's resignation and what New York after Cuomo might look like. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Governor Cuomo had been under investigation since March, after several women came forward with allegations of sexual harassment. The investigation began first with a former state aide named Lindsay Boylan. She wrote um, a detailed medium post about her interactions with the governor and how he sexually harassed her on a plane and in in his office. Um, And then it kind of just started to snowball. That's our colleague James Finelli, who's been following the story. A woman named Charlotte Bennett, who was also uh, a former aide to the governor, also made allegations of being sexually harassed by the governor and being asked inappropriate questions about her dating life and her sex life. And then from there, uh, several other women came forward saying that, you know, the governor had touched them inappropriately. At the time, Cuomo denied the allegations, but he authorized New York's attorney general to open an independent investigation. And the findings of that investigation were released last week. The investigation found that Governor Cuomo had broken state and federal sexual harassment laws against 11 women, whether it was either inappropriate touching or comments that were sexual of sexual harassment nature. And it detailed different instances where, uh, you know, he either touched uh, a woman inappropriately or made comments that were inappropriate. The most severe allegation was by an executive assistant who still works for the governor saying that he had groped her in his office in his executive mansion in Albany. And and how did Cuomo respond at first? 
Cuomo um, has always taken the tack that he has done nothing wrong and that if his interactions were taken by the woman as inappropriate, then he apologized, but that wasn't his intention. It always came down to his intention was that he um, did not try, wasn't trying to act inappropriately towards them. He put out a video of him rebutting the allegations in the report. But they read into comments that I made and draw inferences that I never meant. They ascribe motives I never had. And simply put, they heard things that I just didn't say. And one of the things that he tried to highlight was that he is a person who likes to hug and kiss the people he interacts with. And to show that, he made a collage of him interacting with both men and women uh, in different instances, you know, where he's either kissing them or hugging them. Indeed, there are hundreds, if not thousands of photos of me using the exact same gesture. I do it with everyone, black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. So so Cuomo was defiant initially. How did the rest of the political world react to this report? The fact that there were so many more people in the report than had previously been reported, more people said that it was time for him to go. In Albany, a political firestorm. Governor Cuomo is facing a bipartisan call to resign or face impeachment. The state's two U.S. senators, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, reiterated their calls on Cuomo to resign. Right now, more than 50 of the state's 62 Democratic county chairs are calling on Cuomo to resign. A group releasing a statement reading in Park, we thank him for his years of service to the great state of New York, which we all know he holds dear, but demand that he immediately step down. Well, some critics- and ultimately, you know, it was, uh, I think, he had lost the support of his entire political party. Um, President Biden even said that it was time for him to go. But politicians weren't only calling for Cuomo's resignation. In New York State Assembly, some Democratic lawmakers were also working on an impeachment investigation. And that investigation picked up speed after the report came out. And just even yesterday, the state assembly members who were leading the impeachment probe said that they expected to wrap up their investigation by the end of this month and then draft articles of impeachment, which um, the state assembly would then vote on as a body. And then if they had voted, you know, to impeach, then it would lead to a trial. So Cuomo started out as being defensive, but then all this pressure mounts and there's this impeachment investigation that seems to be moving forward. Where did that all leave Cuomo in terms of the options that he had? Cuomo was increasingly isolated. Cuomo started losing some of his, you know, his top advisors. Uh, the biggest blow was came Sunday when his top aide, Melissa DeRosa, she's the, uh, her title's secretary to the governor. She resigned and, you know, she had served with the governor throughout most of his time as governor. So losing her and uh, losing several other high level advisors kind of left him isolated without really anyone to stick with him. I think he started to realize that a path forward 
wasn't possible. And the best case scenario was him holding out and going through this slog of a impeachment process, which could drag on for months and could be a major distraction from any kind of governance. And so I think he realized that, you know, without any support, with everyone calling for his resignation and the fact that this impeachment would drag on for months, he was left with only one decision, and that was to to resign. It will consume government. It will cost taxpayers millions of dollars. It will brutalize people. The State Assembly yesterday outlined weeks of process that will then lead to months of litigation. Time and money that government should spend managing COVID, guarding against the Delta variant, reopening upstate, fighting gun violence, and saving New York City. All that time would be wasted. So what do you think this decision to resign is going to mean for Cuomo's legacy as governor? You know, Cuomo comes from like a political dynasty. His father, Mario Cuomo, was a much beloved governor of New York, and Andrew Cuomo got his start in politics by working for his father. Governor Cuomo, you know, has spent like 40 years in politics. He's loomed large in New York politics, you know, for over a generation. So uh, him stepping aside, it leaves a vacuum, you know? I mean, there's no one who has been as powerful as Governor Cuomo. When it was also just a year ago that he was becoming sort of a national figure with these daily press conferences, with these PowerPoint presentations during the middle of the COVID pandemic when a lot of people were looking for leadership. And he really sort of stepped in and filled that role in a way that I think a lot of people remember. Right. I mean, it's a shocking fall for someone who, like a year ago, was leading New York through one of its darkest times. New York was one of the hardest hit by COVID. And he became, you know, a national figure. He became America's governor. And his presentations became must-see TV for the country. But then as time went on, there came to light some problems. Yeah, and how he responded to the pandemic was was called into question, uh, in particular about how he handled COVID-19 deaths at nursing homes and whether or not he was undercounting that, that uh, the amount of deaths at nursing homes. It's part of the impeachment investigation. Um, and even um, how he uh, wrote his memoir, Uh, about his time uh, as governor during the pandemic, that's been called into question, whether or not he inappropriately used um, staff to help him research and write his book. His memoir is definitely going to need an epilogue, I think. (laughs) That's that's for sure. (laughs) Cuomo has defended himself on both these allegations. He said his administration's policies on nursing homes were in line with federal guidance and that he was acting to preserve hospital capacity. And with regard to his memoir, Cuomo has said his staff were volunteering their time and that any state resources that were used were incidental. Cuomo's got two weeks left in office, and when he leaves, he'll be replaced by New York's lieutenant governor, Kathy Hochul. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. 
With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. So Cuomo has 14 days left in office. Can you introduce us to the woman who's going to replace him as governor, Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul? Sure. Kathy Hochul is a Buffalo, New York native, and she has served as lieutenant governor since 2015 and actually ran on the ticket to become lieutenant governor with Governor Cuomo. So um, he had asked her to run for lieutenant governor. The job of lieutenant governor, a lot of it's ceremonial. It's uh, about, you know, kind of being there for ribbon cuttings around the state and kind of, you know, cheering on the state's successes. And so she spent a lot of her two terms as lieutenant governor crisscrossing the state and going to different events, but was largely kind of left out of Cuomo's inner circle and didn't really play a role in his response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. But she's had, you know, a long political career herself. She served as the Erie County clerk. Buffalo is in Erie County. And she served briefly in Congress as well. What's her style as a politician? Kathy Hochul is very well liked. She is known for understanding New York is a big state and it has many cities, but it also has a lot of rural counties as well. And I think she has support in both urban areas and in rural counties. And that will be helpful for her as she takes office. What do you think Hochul's biggest challenges will be as governor? I think it's uh, part of it. The immediate sense is kind of repairing this rift that's happened between the executive branch and the state legislature. I think, uh, you know, obviously she faces the COVID-19 recovery that the state is working on, but also at the same time, the challenge of this Delta variant. There's also, you know, some programs that need to be addressed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the problems that the pandemic created was a rent crisis. Tens of thousands of New Yorkers are in arrears uh, over their rents. And the state has been slow to distribute federal aid that was earmarked for renters. So she'll have to deal with that. Hoka will also now be the first female governor of the state of New York. How significant is that? Well, I mean, I think it's very significant um, considering that she'll be the first and also that what has led to Governor Cuomo's resignation has been his treatment of women and the sexual harassment allegations against him. And I think a lot of people around the state will see her as someone who will raise the bar of what the governor does in office and how the governor acts and the, the appropriate ways to act. 
This isn't the first time that Hochul found her way into higher office as a result of a scandal. In 2011, she won a special election to replace a Republican congressman who resigned for sending a shirtless selfie to a woman he found on Craigslist. Has she said anything about Cuomo's resignation? She released a statement saying that she uh, supported his decision and that she believed that, you know, New York needed to move forward and that she was ready to become the governor to do that. What do you think Cuomo's resignation will mean for state politics in the Democratic Party? I think right now the Democrats are trying to figure out who replaces him. Obviously, you know, Cuomo's departure creates a vacuum. And, you know, I think the easy answer is that, you know, people are looking at State Attorney General Letitia James. She was the one who oversaw this report and she holds one of the highest offices in the state. And I think people are waiting to see whether or not, you know, she will say she wants to run for governor in 2022. What's your takeaway from all this? Um, <laughs> the takeaway, I would say, is that, you know, um, Governor Cuomo, he has loomed large in everything. He controlled so much of the policies that influence our lives, whether it be the uh, New York City subway or whether it be, you know, the property taxes that we pay. Every decision that happened in government, Governor Cuomo, odds are he had some kind of involvement in it. He was a micromanager. So to see him just implode like this, I mean, that's, that's the only way I can describe it. I mean, like, he went from this figure who, you know, dominated politics in the state and had become this heroic figure during the early days of the pandemic, to see him fall and resign because of how he treated his staff and how he treated women that he interacted with, it's stunning to see his fall, especially, you know, as we said, that he was, he comes from this political dynasty. His family has been a big part of, you know, New York's history. And to see him now, like, leaving office, it's really remarkable. That's all for today, Tuesday, August 10th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.